to episode 93 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the vault studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who was watching the Jets game during church yesterday. That's not true. John Scott Sloat. That is not true. Um, I checked the score before the service and elbowed your son and showed him the score, Okay, rolled my eyes, um, and then did not check again until the sermon was over Okay, and okay. found that the Jets were coming back, Yeah, uh, but ultimately and, lost. And still lost, but yes. I, I, I knew that that was mostly untrue when I said it, but it makes for good radio. So <laughs> how are we doing? Good, good. Other than having you know lies thrown at me against my character <laughs> here, my apologies, my apologies. Well, and you were preaching this weekend somewhere. I was. I was in uh, Columbus preaching at a church. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But okay, um, yeah, it was good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, if you'd like to connect with the podcast, you can find us in many different ways. Which makes sense since we're the various and sundry yeah. podcast. It would make sense that you could find us in various and sundry outlets. Mm-hmm. A plethora of yes. ways. Find us on Twitter at V and S Pod. Email the show various and sundry podcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. Just look for various and sundry podcast. And we would love for you to do us a solid, leave us a five star rating and leave a review of some kind. And you can even choose to use that to trash our respective sports teams. Just five stars. Yes, please. Yes, please. So speaking of sports, uh, it was a good football weekend. Mm. Very good football weekend. Let's let's start with Saturday. We'll go in order here in okay. terms of uh, uh, it was a really good day of college football. Even if you don't have a specific team that you're pulling for, there were a number of good, entertaining, competitive football games. I mean, the place to start, obviously, is with a very non-competitive game. Yeah, I was about to say the Buckeye game was not competitive. <laughs> it was not even close. But I was I was pleased to learn that you actually watched the entirety of that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watched the entirety of that game. Okay. So let's start with your analysis, John, as a as a neutral party, as an outside well, observer. So, so the context, if I can give it, yeah. was uh, we were in Columbus on Saturday, me and Andrea. Um. With her grandparents, there was a surprise brunch leading into Ohio State watching celebration of their 65th wedding anniversary. Wow. That's six and a half decades. That's a big number. Yeah. And her grandfather came up to me uh, at one point. You're going to love this story uh, where he said, you know, I was thinking this was the happiest day of my life. And then I remembered – and he's 86. He goes – Two years ago, I shot my age on 18 holes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, which I've, is – which if, if you know the, the man, which very few people listen to the podcast do, although some do. Yeah. That's a very him joke. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I want to meet this man now. Yes. Yes. Uh, Maury is his name. <laughs> Maury, of yes. course. Yes. What a name. That's great. Um, so we were, you know, celebrating uh, that there and, you know, he – wanted to sit down and watch the football game. And so there's uh, probably 15 or 20 of us watching this football game with another seven or eight in the next room. And uh, it was a bit of a slow start for the Buckeyes, particularly on the defensive end. Yeah. Um, It wasn't – 
my impression is Maryland is not a top-notch team, although they had a decent record coming into the game. They've been pretty good offensively until the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. They put up some big numbers. Now, they were down a couple of wide receivers. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, again, based on where we were four, four or five weeks ago with this defense, it's improvement. They're not an elite defense, but uh, they did have a pick six for the fourth straight game. So there's okay. that. But anyway, yeah, a little bit of a slowish start. Part of it was, too, the offense on their opening drive took like 17 plays to march down the field because of the way Maryland was playing their defense. Sure. But, and yeah, uh, yeah um, but I thought, the, I thought the offense got stronger as the game went on. And I thought the defense got a little bit better as the game went on mm-hmm. as well. Yes. So that's my basic analysis. I, I'm torn about this team, John. I really am. I don't want to hope. But there's been enough improvement on the defensive end of things that I think should maybe, I hope. I'm not sure. When do you get your real test? Like when, when, when does that? So next week is a bye. Um, so hopefully, you know, we'll win that week. Yeah. And, or at least um, not lose it. Yes. Yeah. And uh, after that, it's Indiana, which going into the year looked like it could be a tough game. Indiana has not played very well so far this year, Hmm. but it's at Bloomington. Weird things happen there. And then they get a stretch where they play – so let's see. That would be the 23rd. So then they play – I forget the order, but then they'll get Penn State and Michigan State and eventually um, Michigan as well. That's the last And those are the three big – Those are the three – all three of those teams are now ranked in the top ten. Okay. Now they won't be by the time like inevitably because the interplay and that sort of stuff they not all those teams will probably be in the top 10 by the time Ohio State gets to them. But the meat of their schedule is ahead and those are teams that could exploit bad defensive football. So we'll see. But their offense is arguably the best in the country. Both statistically and even just looking at the talent at the wide receivers, it's just it's Ridiculous! The kind of talent the the numbers are putting up yardage wise, and just yeah, the ways they can attack defenses. The question is, will that be enough to overcome the, their defensive liabilities? Hmm. You know, you, yeah, I, I forget who I was sharing this with, but I think it was maybe I was texting with Nate in Ohio a few weeks ago. I'm so accustomed to old school football where you wanted a great defense and an offense that was good. Yeah. And that was sort of the, the the recipe for championship teams. That doesn't seem to be the case anymore no, in today's it football. No, like, it seems like it's flipped. great offense and enough defense mm-hmm. to not get blown out or not give up, you know. So you need to be able to win games that will go 52-49. You're going to have to win, you know, in today's And you today's want a defense football. that stops the bleeding, yes. basically. Yes, So, um Well, I'll be looking forward to some of those games uh, down the road here. Yes, yeah, we, we will see. We will see. They will be revealed for who they are. And, you know, Denny Green will <laughs> somewhere smile. And anyway, that's an inside football joke there. Let's talk about some of the other games that were more competitive. Oklahoma came back from a deficit against Texas in the Red River shootout. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. Yeah, they were down early. Big news out of that one is that their quarterback, who was touted as a Heisman Trophy candidate, got benched. For a true freshman? Yes. Yeah, and based on how he played, wouldn't be surprised if that's basically permanent. Yeah. 
Uh, Notre Dame survived Who against Virginia survive? Tech. Mm. Okay. And um, and Michigan survived against Nebraska. But the big game of that of, of Saturday night was Texas A and M stunning Alabama. Yeah, upset. Yes. Uh, I wa- did you watch any of that? I did not. No. I saw the end of the game. Uh, well, really, the last. I watched the, the second half of it, and uh, multiple times I thought, "Okay, Texas A and M is going to give this game away," and miraculously they did not. So, it's why does a- it always seem like Texas A and M has Alabama's number every couple of years? Why? Why is that? I don't know. They they typically have good. Uh, they're good defensively. Mm-hmm. They they rush the passer really well, and that's that's. Uh, and, and Alabama has a first-year quarterback, so I think they kind of rattled him. They have enough talent to compete with Alabama typically. It was at Texas A&M. That's a really uh, yeah. impressive home field advantage for, for an A&M. So uh, that, was, that was an interesting game to watch. Now, yesterday, NFL Sunday, your beloved Jets were in London, right? Yeah. Uh, Which is off. why you were, quote-unquote, watching, not really watching uh, – yeah, football in church. Uh, kickoff was at nine thirty in the morning uh, right. while I was teaching. Right in the middle of life, Ed. Yes, yes. While I was teaching, um, so by the time I think I picked up my phone to check at the end of that, um, at, at the top of the hour, ten o'clock, ten o five. I think we were down ten nothing or so, something like that already. Okay, so uh, we do seem to have a habit of falling behind and then trying to come back in mm. games. That seems to be the way things are going. Uh, hopefully, we can figure that out okay. as the season goes forward. But we ultimately lost that game. We made it close. We got within three points, and yeah, then lost it. Okay. Um, the Bears won. They beat the 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 Las Vegas. I'm still getting used to that. The Las Vegas yeah. Raiders. Uh, Justin Fields didn't put up huge numbers, but he played well enough for them to win. So that's encouraging. I still don't think the bear. I think the Bears are going to have to. Get rid of their head coach and reboot with him. What, what's happening with Gruden right now? I, I, I saw some scandal broke. Well, I, I, if I if I remember correctly, I think he he sent an offensive email that I think might have used some sort of racial slur or something, something that was okay. racially offensive to uh, to someone in the league office like 10, 11 years ago. And it's, for some reason, it's just coming it out. It got leaked or something. Yeah. He also said something negative about the commissioner in that series of emails as well. That that dropped yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't know a lot of details about that. The Raiders are really struggling. They've caught, you know, they started the year, they think they were okay, and then they've just kind of fallen apart. Mm. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, and then I didn't get to see hardly any football yesterday. I got to listen to some on the way in the car back from Columbus, but I heard the Bengals and Packers game was yeah crazy and how it ended. Joe Burrow got knocked out. Yeah, but that game, from what I understand, there were three missed field goals in the last two minutes of the game, mm-hmm. and then both teams again, I think, missed field goals. In overtime, before the Packers got another chance and kicked a field goal to win it, doesn't it feel like kickers are getting worse? I, 
yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. It feels like if you got a good one, lock him up long term. Well, but the Packers have Mason Crosby, who had made like 25 straight kicks. Then he misses three in a row with the game on the line. How do you predict that? But that's happened to Mason Crosby before. Five or six years ago, he did the same thing. Missed several game winners, got in his own head. Yeah. It seems to be a a very between-the-ears position. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Um, I think that – and I – I saw some number where it was like – and this wasn't – was before even the, the the day was over that there were 11 missed extra points. Yeah, I know the Jets missed one in London. It's yeah. – um, you know, I know they moved it back to now it's a 30 – essentially a 35-yard field goal. But for for professional kicker bracketing out like major weather conditions or something yeah. like that, um, that, that should be automatic. Yeah. I, I don't know what's up. Kickers are getting I, I think worse – Year over year. Yeah. Though the names of kickers are getting better. Really? Who do you like? Um, I mean, you got Butker. Butker. In college, you got Dicker the kicker. <laughs> Sam Dicker is, there, is the kicker for Texas. Yeah. You got Ryan Suckup. Suckup. He's an old kicker, though. Well, he's, yeah, he's, he's in the pros. Is he still there? Yeah. I forget what team he plays for, but he's in the league. I mean, there's just some great kicker names. Yeah. And you know those guys got picked on when they were little, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, you know the vibe in the locker room, right? Like, are kickers really part of the team? Not until they do something where they kick a game-winning field goal, right? Like, yeah, you know. So, um, and then one other game of interest. I, I didn't get to see this, but I was kind of tracking the score back and forth. Did you see the score of the Chargers Browns game? No, no, not at all. The Chargers won forty-seven forty-two. Man, so it's like the Big Twelve, yeah, in basically. college football, um, and that that game went back and forth. Although the Browns have a pretty good defense, yeah, that was strange to me that that they played that poorly defensively. But and who plays tonight? Who plays on Monday night? Do you know? I didn't look. I'll look it up real quick. I didn't look. Um, and then last night, I, I went to watch. I watched parts of the first half of the Chiefs uh, Bills game, and then at halftime they went into a weather delay. So then it was well past. My uh, my bedtime at that point, so I decided I, I didn't even stay up for it to watch it anymore. So I wondered, did, did you even know who won that game? I have no idea. You said Bills Chiefs. Yeah, last night Sunday uh, night. Bills thirty eight Chiefs twenty. Yeah, they were up um, thirteen or no eleven at the half. So I was I was wondering about about that. In any case, did you f- figure out who's who's coming up tonight? Colts Ravens. Well, that could be interesting. Battle of the two Baltimore teams. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson could be fun to watch. Yeah. But Why are we getting feedback all of a sudden? I don't sudden? know if it's feedback yeah. or what. I don't, I don't know if people can hear that, but it's driving me know. insane. Yeah, it's kind of like the low-key, soft. Now it's gone. Uh, almost like nails on the chalkboard. Just yeah. a very low-level kind of thing. Just but, very much in our ears. All right. Are we ready to transition here? I think we have to. Okay. Baseball playoffs are going on. Yeah. Have you watched any? No. Nope. Not a lick. I'm bitter. <laughs> okay. I don't mind playoff baseball. I like the drama of it. Yeah. But, I, you know, it's not – in my mind, it doesn't compete with college football or NFL football. So during mm-hmm. the – so like, you know, Tuesday night when there's no football on, I'll, I'll tune in to see whatever's going on. And Yeah. I'll keep an eye on the World Series usually if the Mets aren't in it. Um, yeah. I want to see – 
who uh, who wins the World Series. Though we are coming up kind of in the in the golden um, window of sports for the year, right? Because you've got NFL going, college football going, baseball postseason, NBA's about to start. So you've yeah. got, you got the overlap of all the seasons. There's this little like kind of like two to three week window. Yeah, in in October, where all all of the major sports are going, so that's yeah. kind of fun. Knicks are having some preseason games. I think they're undefeated in the preseason of like the two or three that they've played thus far. Just order the title banner right now. Um, hey, Kemba Walker, <laughs> gonna bring it home. Oh yes, yes. Okay, all right. Let's actually transition now okay. to something of much greater value than mm-hmm. sports talk. We are talking about the parable of the hidden treasure. Right? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what's on the sheet here. <laughs> okay. Just checking. Um, yeah. So we are continuing our series on the parables. Mm-hmm. And once we have at some point some sort of production meeting, we'll figure out whether we're continuing that next week or whether we're moving in a different direction. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we always need content. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean – We've got some ideas, I think, maybe. We'll figure them out. If you want to send us ideas, you can always contact the show. That's for sure. But um, we are on the parable of the hidden treasure. So unlike previous parables that tended to be a little bit longer, this one weighs in at a whopping one verse. Mm -hmm. So I thought before – before we read it, I thought it would be good to kind of walk through the context of what's going on here in Matthew 13. Okay. So Matthew 13 has a series of parables. We've talked about how often gospel writers will group together multiple parables. And chapter 13 of Matthew is just such an example. You've got the parable of the sower and the soils. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the parable of the weeds in the field, the parable of the mustard seed, parable of the leaven. Then there is this break in uh, verse 34 and 35 where it's like Matthew breaks into the into the listing of parables and, and recounting Jesus' teaching in parables and gives an explanation as to why Jesus is teaching in parables. Before then resuming by giving an explanation of the parable of the weeds. And that brings us to our parable for today. But before we do that, these parables, with the exception of the parable of the sower, all have some kind of variation of the phrase, the kingdom of heaven is like, Mm -hmm. or the kingdom of heaven may be compared to. So that is a an obvious contextual clue to help us understand that what Jesus is doing is trying to give us pictures of what the kingdom of heaven is like. And I will just parenthetically note that uh, Matthew loves the phrase kingdom of heaven. He uses it often. In fact, he uses it more often than kingdom of God. And here's where, uh, as a side note, the scholarship of Jonathan Pennington is helpful. Remember Jonathan Pennington, of course. We had him on we the program. We had him on the pod, yeah. Talking about his book, um, uh, the, Jesus, uh, the, Jesus great the Great Philosopher. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yep. Jesus the Great Philosopher. And um, his doctoral dissertation 
which has since been published, was getting at this, why does Jesus use the expression kingdom of heaven? And the traditional explanation is, well, it's sort of a respectful way of not using the name of God. But Pennington, I think, has helpfully shown that heaven, in this context, that, that referring to the kingdom of heaven is a way of talking about this is God's kingdom, which has its residence in heaven that is breaking through into this fallen world. Mm-hmm. And that it's a way of emphasizing that um, – well, we pray essentially in the um, in the Lord's Prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And that by talking about the kingdom of heaven, that's what Matthew's emphasizing. So that was free. That was on the side. You don't need to read the rest of his dissertation. Nah. That was it right there. there that was go. the whole gist. Yeah. Yeah. His dissertation is much cheaper than mine is, though, to purchase. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it was, well, that means yours is better, right? It's, it's more desirable. <laughs> more valuable, sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, now that that's in place, let's have you read the parable of the hidden treasure. This is Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Okay, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man uh, found and covers up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. This is the parable. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the parable. We're there. (laughs) Okay. Compared to last week's The Prodigal Sons, which was like, you know, 22 verses. It's it's barely a tweet, (laughs) this parable. Yes. Yeah. So let's – I I think here we can kind of dig into some of the – Context, historical, yeah, sort of cultural context here. It's it might strike you as a little odd, right? Yes, treasure buried in a field. But if you think about the fact that in that in in that time period, banking was not really established. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to uh, preserve something valuable, one option was to bury that treasure, that valuable thing. Somewhere that only you knew where it was. And in fact, um, in doing research for for teaching on this parable, I came across uh, a couple of different examples. One where um, they apparently uh, discovered – this is probably in the last 10, 15 years. Somewhere in the Middle East, a man actually discovered a jar – that had 20 pounds of silver in it in an ancient vessel. When archaeologists hmm. did the uh, did the analysis, they determined that it was probably from the 11th century BC. Wow. That thing had been there 3,000 years. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, um, if people are familiar with the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls. Mm-hmm. One of the most famous Dead Sea Scrolls was what's called the Copper Scroll because it was – instead of made out of parchment, it was actually made out of copper. And it has detailed descriptions of where one can find buried treasures hmm. that have yet to be discovered. So, <laughs> Have you ever wanted to be a treasure hunter and to like I'm, follow maps and those sorts of things? Does, does that entice you at all? There's, a, there's an element of that. Yeah. There's a – Childish in the, in the best sense of the word right. that that desires to chase after treasure. I mean, who doesn't want to probably be at some at some level be Indiana Jones? Yeah, right? 
Yeah, or you know, I I think I've always thought of it as like there's a big X somewhere on the Earth, and if you dig there, there's yeah. treasure down there. Yeah, that sounds really enticing to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Maybe we missed our calling. Perhaps we should be archaeologists because that's essentially what archaeologists do, right? Yeah, I I don't think so, but I've, <laughs> we have a guy here on staff who who's done some archaeology. Yeah, and he talks about going out there and digging from like four in the morning to like. 11 in the 11 in the morning yeah. and then it, and it just gets too hot right and right. you go inside and yep. you, you rest you sleep you eat yep. absolutely and it sounds like an incredibly boring time until you find something right and then it's very exciting right so the picture in this parable is I, I think what's probably going on is that whoever originally own, whoever currently owns that field before the man sells everything to, to buy it didn't know it was there. Sure, of course. Otherwise, obviously, he'd dig up his treasure and right. take it with him when he sold right. the field. Yeah, right. So I, I don't think there's any ethical issues here. Some people have been like, "Well, was that really ethical?" For like, you're missing the point of the parable. That Jesus is not trying to encourage some sort of unethical behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think the, the 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 point of the parable. This is one of those where, you're like, actually, the point of the parable is pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. The kingdom is, in fact, the greatest of all treasures, mm-hmm. and it is both worth selling all you have to get it, and it is more valuable than all you have in order to gain it. So I think those are some of the key things that kind of come out of that. So I think the basic principle is clear enough, um, but it's it comes down to the application, right? That That's where – in our own lives, I think we have to kind of wrestle with, is that what we think about the kingdom of God? Is, mm-hmm. Do we put that kind of value on Jesus and his kingdom? Mm-hmm. The, the the breaking in of uh, God's kingdom into yeah. the world. Yeah, and, and are we willing to give up everything if necessary? Because in one sense, um, you know, Jesus doesn't typically call us to uh, – call most people to literally sell everything they have to follow him. Mm-hmm. That may happen in certain circumstances, but generally speaking, it's no, all that you have is now at my disposal for, for you to use as I direct you. But sure. still, I mean, that, that's still a surrendering of all that you have, that, you know, that, that as part of following Jesus, you acknowledge this is not mine. Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, it's God's, and He has the right to direct me to to use my resources however He, uh, however He directs. Mm-hmm. So, what are some things that stand out to you in terms of reflecting on this parable? Well, I I think one of the one of the uh, interesting things, and and you know, uh, I think there's a spot where the metaphor has to stop. Sure, right? Uh, I mean, like. Oh my goodness! You know, if we find the kingdom of God, we should cover it up and 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 make sure we keep it to ourselves. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I don't think that's the purpose of the parable. Even though that that does strike me as I'm reading it, right? And and mm-hmm. how even a simple verse like this could be misconstrued. Sure. Um, for for how to use those things. Yeah. Um, I do think it is interesting to think as a Western individual, you know, who, uh, you know, part of our Western thinking is okay. I have to save every penny I have so that I can have money until I die. You know, you know, we kind of save for retirement and, and until you know. Okay, how do we how do we use some of those resources to further God's glory, further His mm-hmm. kingdom, uh, to do some of those things? I think those are those are real questions. I think 
yeah. um, to, to be wrestled with. Agreed. Agreed. Because like you said, on the one hand, you have these uh, these clear texts that that call us to surrender all that we are and all that we have to the Lord's purposes. And yet, you know, when you look in, for example, First uh, Timothy 5, uh, is it 5? Um, where it's talking about widows. The expectation is that uh, people from within the family are caring for their own. Mm-hmm. Well, there probably has to be some sort of family kind of resources, wealth, mm-hmm. possessions, so that, you know, it would be, I think, in the vast majority of cases, irresponsible for the Christian not to save in our in our yeah. culture in our yeah. in our American context to not try to put some forethought towards saving money for retirement at some level to the extent that you're able. I think that that's that's a wise thing. I think that falls under the category of God's wisdom. But of course, I can easily become an idol. Sure. How much do you really need? Mm-hmm. Um, and how much do you neglect giving to immediate needs in order to save for that? There's all sorts of dynamics there. Sure. But something that stands out to me is when you compare it to the next parable, which is the parable of the pearl of great value. In that parable, you've got uh, – well, what goodness, it's one verse practically, right? There's a two. Two. Oh, it's two. two. I think we can afford to read that. Uh, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one pearl of great great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. So a lot of overlap. But big difference is the guy who finds the treasure in the field isn't looking for it. The guy who is the merchant looking for pearls, he's actively searching for it, finds it. But in the parable of the hidden treasure – this guy's not looking for it. Every indication is is that he's just kind of going about his business, probably a hired hand in the mm-hmm. field, and just sort of you know doing his work, and then boom, there's this treasure. So I think from that, it's it's a reminder to me that uh, when it comes to sharing the gospel, there are there's a legitimate category, however you want to kind of think through this theologically, of seekers. And what I mean by that, to be clear, is there are people who have genuine spiritual interest who are looking into sure. Christianity, probably among other things. And yet there are people who seemingly have no interest in spiritual things that suddenly God just does a work in their life mm-hmm. and opens their eyes and it's boom. They just stumble I, upon it. Yeah, they stumble upon it. They weren't actively, I'm looking for meaning and significance in my life and so I'm looking to these things and at the end of that, I came to the conclusion – Jesus is the answer. That's the per- That's the, the the next parable. Yeah. This one is. I'm just kind of going about my daily business, and next thing you know, God breaks into my life and shows me how awesome He is, and mm-hmm. I need Him. So to me, that's kind of an encouragement. Sometimes I think when we and this parable is not about evangelism, so I'm doing a couple of steps removed in terms of reflections sure. on it. But sometimes I think when we think about evangelism, we tend to focus exclusively on people who we think might be spiritually interested mm-hmm. and then just kind of throw up our hands or not even try with people like, oh, that person would never be interested. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't know what the Lord's going to do. So, um, yeah, those are some of the things that, that come to mind. Uh, and I think this this parable too, when you think about the language of 
treasure. There's a combination of delight and enjoyment、mm-hmm. that sometimes I think we miss out on. That sometimes Christianity and the gospel can be presented as essentially, well, it's important to know when you're gonna, where you're going to go when you die, and you better get、sure. that sin problem figured out,、sure. and not something that has great resources, and, right? And or, or is of great value and will be a source of unimaginable joy and delight、mm-hmm. and that kind of thing.、Uh, I think sometimes we sell short the gospel when we don't help people see. Look at the riches of what God offers you in Jesus, as opposed to just, well, you're a sinner and you got to have that dealt with, or you're going to have to pay for it yourself. Sure. There, there Now, of are... course, you have to talk about both.、Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying share the gospel and don't talk about sin and don't talk about punishment. Well, of course, but if you only talk about it in in terms of you know glorified fire insurance, then you're missing out on so much of the richness of the gospel. And sometimes we boil the gospel down to that, right?、Uh, that that it is,、um, in, in in one sense, I suppose it is, right? That that, that Jesus Christ has come to Earth to save sinners, which is、yes. true.、Uh-huh. Um, however, Christ- Christianity is also filled with great, if I can use the term, pearls of wisdom.、Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know,、uh, like I mean, we read Jesus, the great philosopher.、Uh, this is、mm-hmm. um, ideas that sort sort of the idea that Christianity has. Gems for us in, in,、mm-hmm. in the here and now that, that that it has wisdom for the here and now how to live a good life. Yeah,、uh, those things exist in the here and now. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the um, I, I, I think I need to be careful how I say this. Um, sometimes we miss out on the heart of the gospel when we only talk about the mechanics of the gospel,、mm-hmm. meaning. Uh, that the goal of the gospel is to get us to God.、Mm-hmm. So, the, in one sense, the gospel is not the ultimate thing. God Himself is the ultimate、um, of the gospel. Yeah. So that as as central as justification by faith and、um, substitutionary atonement are, those are not the end. Those are the means by which God gets us. Into relationship with Himself,、hmm. because that's the great good. That's the ultimate treasure. Is God Himself?、Um, as glorious as those other truths are of sins forgiven and being given an inheritance at the end of the day, the glory of the gospel is that God gives us Himself, and that's the good life. Yes, right, right, right.、Yes. Being in relationship with Him—that's the good life. That's the flourishing life. Yeah,、uh, is the relationship lived with God? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's a good note for us to end our discussion on the parables and move on, since this is episode ninety-three, to our athlete. Yeah, we got、uh, several decent choices. Uh, uh, so I'll go through and read them.、Yeah. Uh, Charles Haley. Yep. Charles Defensive Haley. end slash linebacker. Do you remember him? He would have been at the beginning. At the end of his career, during the beginning of your football consciousness, yeah, I think I remember him with the Cowboys. Yeah, yep, he was pretty good.、Um, John Randall, you remember him? I believe so. Yeah,、There's、I think I remember him with the Seahawks. Okay, he, I, I remember him more with the Vikings, but he was kind of known for.、Um, he would put on the 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 black. 
paint underneath the eyes, really heavy, and and it would just make him look like this, like really fierce, the scary individual coming at being. you. Yeah, John Randall, uh, Dwight Freeney. Yeah, I remember Colts Dwight legend, Freeney. defensive yep. end linebacker. Yep, two thousand two to two thousand seventeen. Um, I thought he went to one other team. Other he than did. The Colts. I, that's what you've got. I've got Colts, comma, etc. Etc. I forget what the other team was. Yeah. Um, Doug Gilmore. Yeah, I, I have no idea who that is, but he was on some lists I saw. Yeah, have you heard of him? Um, I have not, and I I think I'm a little more plugged into hockey. Yeah, he's a center in hockey. Uh, Blues, Flames, Maple Leafs, etc. Um, Bill Elliott, uh, NASCAR. Yeah, I know. I have no idea. It. Yeah, he he won a bunch of races, and I I imagine that was the ones. the number his car was. Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, which I think it might be our first NASCAR appearance in. I don't know. Maybe. Did we do Dale Earnhardt number maybe. number eight? Is he eight? Yeah, I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, that's back in the early days of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Well, we've come a long way from eight. Yes, and then the Ohio State entry. Will Smith. Do you remember him? Um, maybe he played in the pros at Ohio State. He was a an All American. He was a defensive end, uh, dominant as part of their national championship team, and he was drafted by the Saints. Okay. And he was shot dead in a road rage incident in 2016. sounds familiar. Okay. 2016 Uh, had a lot of things going on. (laughs) Had a a, lot of things going on. Just a few? (laughs) I mean, of, not as many as 2020. Not as many as 2020, <laughs> but 2016 was like the prelude to, to the warm up. Yes. Yeah. Um, and actually, his uh, his son, Will Smith, Will Smith Jr., I think, uh, is now a high school senior and is on the recruiting trail. Hmm. Uh, and Ohio State is actively trying to recruit him okay. to play there. So, okay. Um, any inclinations, leanings here? I'm probably riding the Dwight Freeney train. Okay, we can pander to our uh, Indiana audience here. Yeah, I'm fine with that. He was I, a fun defensive end. Yeah, he, he was that, good, really good. He had that spin move where he just hit a guy in the chest and spin out of it. Yeah, just it's amazing the athleticism of some of those guys. Mm-hmm. Just their speed, their quickness, their power. It's it's scary. One thing you liked. Okay, so for the past several weeks, I have been listening to a podcast all the way through called The History of Rome. and Short podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, short episodes. Okay, good, uh, So they're, they're 15 to 25-minute wow. episodes, yeah. uh, so very digestible. Yeah. I think more recently they've been getting a little bit longer, so like 25 minutes, but that's his top end. Okay. Um, a guy named Mike Duncan, he's an hmm. autodidact, uh, so he's – Self-taught. There you go. And uh, and he just reads a lot of books and, and reports on what happened in Rome. I'm learning so much about the Roman Empire that I did not know. For instance, did you know Julius Caesar had an affair with Cleopatra? Yeah. Did you know she gave him a son? Yes. Do you know what this son's name was? I don't remember that. I couldn't tell you the Latin name, but the literal meaning is little Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> Subtle. Um, what? And then I did not know that they named pizza after him. You know. <laughs> okay. Yes. 
So the History of Rome podcast. Yes, yes. And the beginning, like he was just doing it, like it sounds like on his computer because the first probably 10 or 15 episodes will sound very good. And then he talks as he's going about getting new equipment and okay. getting listeners. And he's like, I never expected to make any money from this, but there's I made a website and there's a PayPal button on there if you want to pay me money. <laughs> and people are just giving the guy money. So it's it's wild. Why haven't we thought of that? We don't have anybody asking us those questions. <laughs> but he went on to do another podcast series that I'll hit later okay. um, as a one thing. But gotcha. I'll, I'll hit that at a later date. Does Andrea listen to this? No, okay. no, no. Okay. No. Do you guys listen to any podcasts together? Uh, the Rise and Fall of Marcel. <laughs> of course. Of course. Which there was a, a, a new release there episode was a of new, that last week, right? Yeah, a new episode of yeah, that last week. I assume week. you listened to it? I did. Okay. I yeah. did. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I learned anything new. Yeah, doesn't it feel like that podcast is kind of stalled? It does. It does. Yes, it feels like they had three or four in the can really ready to go. That were home runs and you're like, oh, this is so good. It's so illuminating. And then it just feels like this just is a a variation on one of the earlier episodes here. Well, and I was excited for the episode on the Resurgence blog. Yeah. And that's how this started out. Yep. And then after the opening credits, they never came back to it. Yeah. Yeah. It moved away from it. It was it was a very though the most recent episode did mention Barnabas Piper in the it did <laughs> it did kind of funny felt a little random to me but yes yes um, and Timothy Keller hitting a guy in the chest you know yeah wasn't that a fascinating anecdote yeah. though yeah but I mean to me the weirdest episode of that was the Bobby Knight one yeah it just felt like he had a good metaphor for Mark Driscoll and, and ran with it it felt like he took like a, a what could have been like a five minute illustration of here, hey here's a parallel in culture that I completely agree and yeah. it was like suddenly we spent we're spending like 30 minutes talking about Bobby Knight's former players and how he you know hit them and abused them like just felt weird anyway uh, I have a, a podcast but I'm saving it for next week Okay. Uh, as my one thing, if I remember it. My one thing I liked was going to Columbus this weekend, oh. preaching at Grace Polaris Church, one of our flagship um, Karis Fellowship congregations in the U.S. here. Uh, we affectionately refer to it as the mothership. Oh, yeah. And we have had a number of um, interns, residents, and others who have come from that church or we've sent back to that church to minister there, um, including uh, we mentioned Joel from Ohio who did his um, – did an apprenticeship and then a residency and now became the, the lead pastor of a church just north of, of Columbus. Yep. Uh, we have uh, Lucas uh, now from Ohio, originally yeah. from Indiana, who's yep. there doing a residency. Two-year residency, yep. And, of course, if you hear us talk about Zach from Ohio, that's where he serves on the pastoral mm-hmm. staff. But just great – it's it's a it's a great congregation. Had a great lunch with the, the lead pastor there, Mike Yoder, and his wife. Yodes. And <laughs> I don't know if he goes by that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just – it's – it, it's a, it was a fun congregation to be with. Got to preach Philippians 2, 5 through 11, which, I mean. You're obligated to pe- preach that anywhere somebody's going through Philippians. I mean, feels it feels like. like it, yeah, which I'm, I'm happy to do that. So in any case, we need to put a wrap on this thing. Yeah, put a bow on it for us. Uh, there you go. We've talked football. We've talked the parable, the hidden treasure. 
We've talked about several defensive ends and linebackers, as well as a hockey center and a NASCAR driver that we really don't know anything we, about. We know nothing about, yeah. We've talked about uh, the autodidact that John Sloat is listening to from the History of Rome podcast. Mike Duncan. Yes. And uh, we've talked about my trip to CBUS to, uh, to preach and to connect again with um, friends of the program, as well as um, others. So I feel like we've, by definition, done we've our arrived. various and sundry things. Mission accomplished? Yes. Okay. So I guess that means all that's left to say at this point is the Lord bless y'all real good. Later. Later.